Hey everyone, welcome to PM Sport Talk, the father and son duo podcast. I'm your host Preston, alongside my father Mike. Dad, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm ready to get into it. Let's uh, let's dive into the sports today. Yeah, well, let's talk about last week to before we had dive into this week. Uh, college football last week was very exciting, and I want to talk about the rivalry that went on between the new and. Uh, Rivalry, Colorado and Colorado State. Yeah, what a game! That was that was it. That's not usually what you would call a heated rivalry because it's Colorado State, but uh, to those guys it is. And Dion's brought the energy to Colorado. Uh, just made that center stage. That was the most watched game of the year. One of the most watched games in a long time. The ratings were on. Un- Phenomenal, and that game didn't start till 10 o'clock on the East Coast, so that half the East Coast probably didn't stay up to watch that, but it still got a phenomenal rating, and what a great game. Double Was it double overtime? Yeah, double overtime. Oh, unbelievable. Colorado pulls it out in the end. I was rooting for Colorado State, but, uh, you know, they, they, Colorado comes back, and they were down in the fourth quarter to come back, tie it up, and what an ending to a game. Great game. Yeah. Um, a lot of big moments. I mean, you saw Henry Blackburn nail Travis Hunter late. And uh, then dirty play. Dirty. And then Shador Sanders got right in his face and let him know about it. Yeah, they were all right there. And cooler, hair, cooler heads prevailed, thank God. So we had a great game after that. But, yeah, you could tell that those guys really wanted to win that one. Um, all of some, other, some other things from that game. Uh, how about Shador Sanders? Uh, he was, it was 17 to 28 with like seven minutes to go. And they still won that. They still found a way to force overtime, let alone win. Yeah. He's really proven himself to be one of the best quarterbacks in, in all of college. Uh, phenomenal play by him. He just, he just makes big play after big play. His offensive line isn't very good. So he's kind of running for his life back there. A lot of times he just seems, he makes big plays when, when the moment is big, he he's big. And he was, yeah. big, I mean, you know, Colorado State's not a great team. We understand that. Mm-hmm. But in a rivalry game, you throw all that out. The records doesn't matter. I mean, those guys are competing at their highest level that they can. And phenomenal from Shooter Sanders. Once again, third game in a row that he was phenomenal. Yeah, improves the Buffaloes to 3-0. and So that was pretty much the only good game last week, don't you think? It's- yeah, last week's college slate was pretty bad. Uh, there wasn't any good games. I'm looking looking at all the schedule. There's not a lot of great weeks in college football as you look at it. I mean, surprises will happen. There'll be some teams that you didn't think were that good that'll come and play, and then it'll make some some pretty interesting matchups. But, yeah, last week's wasn't very good, but this week's is loaded. Oh, yeah. Let's get into this week, as you mentioned that. Uh, let's go to our – let's go to the some of the games that are happening right now. We got uh, A&M and Auburn, SEC showdown, and then you got Florida State and – Clemson and ACC showdown. Yeah, Florida State. That's they're looking to try to be the team there, uh, take it over from Clemson. And you know we're all down on Clemson. We were talked about in our last podcast that we didn't think that you know the quarterback Klubnik was very good and all that. But you know they still have talent on that team, and that game is in Clemson. So I expect that game to go right down to the wire. Uh, I'm I think Florida State pulls it out in the end, but I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson won it because that's another rivalry game. Even though I think Florida State has the better roster, the, the better quarterback, 
Clemson's, you know, they, Florida State hasn't beaten Clemson in, uh, I think, seven straight outings that Clemson has won. So, yep, it's been a while. Yeah, so this game's going to come down the wire, I believe, and wouldn't shock me either way. I think Florida State's the better team. But like we saw last week with Colorado State and Colorado, when the te- the team that in these rivalry games, it's it's just close and throw out throw out all the records and it's going to come down to the wire. That is well, usually a game that Debo uh, f- figures out how to get his team to win. Uh, it doesn't matter what team he has; he could have like the best quarterback in the country, like he did with Watson and Lawrence. He could have Klubnik, and he still could find a way to win. They seem to pull these out at home. Um, against their rival, and that's why I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they won. There's something about playing at home, and like you said, yeah, he. I mean, this is a huge game for Florida State. This is um, national championship ramifications, playoff, college playoff ramifications for them. Yep. I don't know if Clemson can get into the Final Four, maybe, but Florida State definitely can. But if they lose this game, I think it'll be tough for them to win enough they don't have a great schedule. I don't know if they can win enough games, quality games, to, to get back up high enough in the rankings to get into the playoff. So this is a huge game for Florida State if that's what they want to do, you know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, Florida State, this yeah, this is a huge game for them as they trail 3 nothing right now um, in that game against Clemson. And this would be a huge win for Dabo, bounce back win to say the least. Yeah, you know what he's he's told his kids, you know, they they think we're down, we're not in the top 20. I don't even know if they're in the top 25. I don't think they are. If they are, they're just in they're, it. Yeah, they're just low. And, you know, he's going to tell his team, hey, they think we're down, we're not as good, we lost to Duke. Hey, this is our chance to prove them wrong, that we're still Clemson, we're still the best team in this league. And, you know, that means a lot for college kids. Professional teams, yeah, that doesn't work well. You know, motivating, they're motivated by different things. But in college, sometimes motivation like that can outweigh talent that the other team has interesting game and uh, i can't wait to see the finish i honestly think that clemson failed uh dj ugulele really bad uh it seems like it now that they moved on with club nick and even though dj did not do well there's been there's been things that came out that Dabo didn't change the playbook up for him for his style Kind of like how you see these professional teams in most colleges change their playbook to fit their quarterback, and they never did that for DJ. Now that you see he's at Oregon State, he's balling out. Yeah, I think Dab was pretty rigid that way. You know, he's got a certain way he wants to play, and he wants the quarterback to play that way. And like I say, it just didn't fit. Their their styles didn't fit. So the best thing that could have happened is, is he left, and they both moved on, and, you know, He's having success at Oregon State, and I don't know if he—I don't know if he's going to be a professional quarterback. I don't think so, but he is. At least he's having. He maybe he could he could sneak in and maybe be a backup in the pros. I don't know, but he's having a great year at Oregon State. They're ranked. They're doing really well. So I think the best thing happened for both sides in this one. Definitely, uh, but I just can't see Clemson doing anything with K Club. Dabo is going to have to find a five star again. I mean, they might upset Florida State today, you know, because it's a rivalry game. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, even if they somehow win this game, they'll lose another game or two down the road. So yeah, he's, he's just not consistent enough. At least he hasn't been up to now. I mean, yeah, uh, Dabo um, and the Clemson. This is this is their this is their season right here. This game, uh, I feel like <laughs> this is their 
game. This is their college football championship game. Beating if they could beat Florida State. Absolutely, yeah. This is this is everything for them. And so you're gonna get their best game of the year today. You know, so yep. It's all or nothing for them right now. Absolutely. So moving on to our next game in the slate, how about we got at we got loaded uh, night games or let's go before we go to the night games at three thirty, Colorado and Clemson. I mean, excuse me, Colorado and Oregon face off. Another prime time game for prime time. Uh, yeah, Colorado against stepping up in class against Oregon in Oregon. At Alton Stadium, that place is a zoo. It's nuts there. It's loud. We're going to really see if Colorado is for real today. Because if they somehow go in there and beat Oregon, they are for real. Um, I don't think they will. I think they might keep it close. But I don't think they're quite to Oregon's level at this moment, especially defensively. Oregon's defense is pretty good. Um, offensively, that I think they're probably equal to Oregon. But defensively, I don't think they are. Colorado's defense is not that good. They've given up a lot of points in every game. Yep. So I, I, I would expect Oregon to be able to move the football pretty easily against them, um, especially in the second half. That Colorado defense is going to get tired. So I would expect Oregon to pull away. I think it'll be close for a while. But I would think, you no know, fourth quarter, they start to pull away and probably win by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, we'll have to see what Bonex can do. Uh He's been the leader at Oregon ever since he transferred from Auburn. And, yeah, it's just going to be a – I think this is going to be like – this has a chance to be the best game of today. Or it's going to be Notre Dame and Ohio State. Yeah, those are two great games. Um, I think Notre Dame Ohio State is going to end up being the best game of the day. I think that's going to be the – they're the closest in talent level. Yep. Both those teams are really good. The only thing you might worry about with Ohio State is inexperience at quarterback. McCord, you know, his first year starting. But, <coughs> excuse me. But I, I expect, I expect that that game to come down to the wire too. Uh, I'm not a big Notre Dame guy, so I'll be rooting hard for for, uh, for Ohio State, mm-hmm. who I'm not that big of a fan of either. But I just don't like How Notre can Dame. You root for Ohio State, you're a Michigan fan. I know it's weird, like, huh? I'm an Ohio State fan, bro, and I you cannot be rooting for Ohio State. You're a Michigan fan. I, I just don't like Notre Dame for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I always root for the team that plays them, even if it is Ohio State. I, I'm I'm really baffled. I I really don't know which way to go in this game. I have no idea who's going to win. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's, it's so tough. close. It's so close. Hartman's got a notch on the McCord, but you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I feel like McCord has the weapons to get uh to to get them the ball you got um you got Harrison you got Egbuka uh those two guys are really uh great receivers for yeah, this team yeah those guys have really stepped it up lately Notre Dame likes to run the ball you got a good offensive line so uh, Ohio State's defensive line is excellent yeah so i i see a low scoring game a low scoring game at least that's what you would think it would be i mean that's what the statistics and that's what you the way the matchups should go, mm-hmm. but sometimes these night games with these teams, things just go crazy, and then you end up with a shootout. So who knows? But you would think it would be a close, tight defensive game, but you never know. That's why I'm really baffled by it. I just Notre Dame usually finds a way to lose these games. Yeah, but maybe this is the year because they do have 
they usually don't have a great quarterback, and they ha- they have the better quarterback. Yep, Hartman. So, this might be their year to finally win one of these big games. We'll see. We'll definitely see. This is going to be a great game. Uh, Clemson now leads 10-0 over Florida State. Klubnik led a <coughs> touchdown drive. Um, and we also have got, let's go back to the Colorado-Oregon game. How about Deion Sanders has his players practicing with Oregon's band on the uh, team speakers? I saw a video this weekend. Sanders is getting his guys ready. So what was he doing? It was in pra- it was in practice. They had the Clem- they had the uh, Ohio. Excuse me, dang. They have the Oregon uh, s- Stadium of Sound Effects playing on the speakers. Oh yeah, he's trying to get ready for that noise. Yeah, that place is loud. I remember a long time ago. Gee, I probably was in my twenties, so it's probably twenty some years ago that Michigan went in there. They were like ranked high. Oregon was, you know, just barely in the top 25. They went in there and got blitzed. It was so loud, and Oregon just ran roughshod over them. So that place is loud. So, yeah, he's he's doing his best to get them prepared. I don't, but I don't know if they're going to be prepared for that environment. Yeah, it's going to be very loud. I mean, those speakers can't do can't do what the fans can do there. Absolutely not. That, <laughs> that place is so loud. And they've been hearing the Dion hype. So those students and those fans, they, they're going to be so loud there trying to – you know, cheer Oregon on to the victory there. Yeah, that place is going to be nuts. I can't wait to watch that game. Maybe Dion won't have the motivation they'll need to win either. I mean, Oregon hasn't said a bad thing about Colorado this week. No, I, I see they're trying to bring they're trying to bring up stuff. I don't know if it's Dion bringing it up, but I think it was uh, the media, of course, trying to throw things in there about how the Oregon coach said something about because Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12. And yeah, all. sure. Yeah. Oh, I. He's like, uh, apparently he said this a long time ago. Well, Colorado hasn't won anything here, so they're not really going to be missed or anything like that. So they're just trying to dig things up. He, yeah, never, yeah, he didn't say anything bad about Dion or anything no. like that. So Nope. It's just been, I mean, he's not wrong, though. I mean, <laughs> before Dion got there, Colorado's gotten, last year they only had one win. One win. Yeah, I know. So it's crazy. But, hey. What Dion's the master of motivating, so I'm sure he's found something to motivate those guys, but I don't think it'll be enough this week. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see here. Uh, let's move on here. Let's that's a that's a big uh, pretty much everything about college football. Let's go to the NFL and recap some of the uh, week two and week one action. Sure, let's get into it. So, how about that Monday night showdown between? The Steelers and the Browns. What a crazy game, huh? Uh, Steelers come first play of the game. Interception for a touchdown. Couldn't couldn't script that any better for our for the Steelers. Nope. And they they definitely needed it too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then you got T.J. Watt getting that defensive touchdown scoop and score for the, and that ended up being the winning touchdown. It's a good thing their defense came to play because their offense sure didn't. No. The only big play was that George Pickens seventy-one yard touchdown. That was their only play of the whole night. Yeah, exactly. Their offense was pathetic, horrible, on all phases. Couldn't block, couldn't throw, couldn't run, couldn't do anything on offense. Um, they got a lot of work to do there. I don't know if it's the coordinator, or the the quarterback, the coordinator. Obviously, it's the offensive line. We know that's a problem. Yeah. 
That's probably the biggest problem because if they can't block, it just throws everything off. I mean, what it does, what I think is happening is they can't block. They can't run the ball. So you've got, you've got the other team, you know, loading up. So they're right there and Pickett has no time to throw the ball. So I think what he's doing is he's rushing. Yeah. He's rushing his throws a little bit. And that's why you're seeing some of these where the receiver is open, the, the ball is off a little bit, which we hadn't seen. Last year, he was pretty accurate. Yeah, and they made all these changes to the O-line, and now it's a problem, and it w- was in week one, too. <clears throat> yeah, it was. We thought their offensive line was going to be a lot better. It's actually worse than it was last year. I don't know if it's because it's there's new guys, and they're just not – Sometimes when you have new guys, it takes a little while to get meshed, especially on the offensive line, because they have to. That's one unit that has to work together. Yeah, that whole unit works in unison. So if one guy is off just a little bit, it throws everybody off. Absolutely. You it's, know, if 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 a receiver is off a little bit, he doesn't throw the, the other receivers off. He throws himself off. Yeah. But when the offensive line, when one guy is off, or if he misreads something and he doesn't go for the right block, then the whole thing is messed up. Exactly. Uh, it's very weird how they a- added all these additions. They they haven't played Broderick Jones yet. Um, I guess they didn't want him going against Miles Garrett or something like that. But Yeah, because he, he practiced all week like he might be playing because they were going to put him in and move Dan Moore over to the right side, I believe. Yeah. But like you said, I don't think they want him going against Garrett. As his first time starting. Yeah, they could have. And in the week one, they didn't play him because they had Nick Bosa. Yeah, they're going to have to play him eventually. So it might be. I mean, we're playing against Max Crosby this week. Are you just not going to play him against him either? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because, I mean, he was drafted high for a reason. Everybody said that he's the most ready offensive lineman to start out of all the ones that were drafted. And you're not even playing him. They're not playing him. Cleveland was starting their rookie offensive tackle on the right side. Yep, Dewan Jones. I mean, he didn't. He had struggles with T.J. Watt, but they all have struggles with him. I mean, his comments sounded like he was going to be all perfect against T.J. Watt. He said he had an advantage against T.J. Watt. I find that funny. Yeah, I mean, he's a huge guy. My God, he's massive. Oh yeah, three hundred seventy-four pounds, six foot eight. But you could see that his speed wasn't there. He could not handle the speed of T.J. Watt. Exactly. That's he, the one thing that he couldn't handle. He would get around him um, almost every play. He had Watt had like an unbelievable night. He, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, and they needed every bit of it because if he wasn't that wonderful, they would have lost that game. Oh yeah. Um, and how about that last play uh, of the Browns? Joey Porter, the rookie corner, making the play on. I forget who the receiver was, but he made the... I think it was Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones, that's right. And he made the deflection. Yeah, it was a great play. Um, I think he got away with interference, though. I, I would say so as well. <laughs> <laughs> I I was, I was like, watching that game, I was like, boy, there is no way we did not get interference there. I couldn't believe it either. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, that's just close coverage. pretty good. But when they showed the second replay... He had his right hand right tucked in his jersey there. So they got they got to have been thinking if, if the ball was catchable or not, and they must have thought it wasn't. Part of it, 
I've noticed, though, I don't know if it's just something that's come down from the league office or what, but a lot of the games I've watched, they're letting the defensive backs play a little bit more aggressive than they did last year. Remember hmm. last year, if you touched the receiver, it was a penalty? Yes. They're not doing that in a lot of the games I've seen so far this year, which I think is good. Yeah, I'll just say this. if Going back to the Joey Porter thing, if we had, like, Cleet Blakeman as our referee, <laughs> we, that would have been a call all day. Oh, definitely, yeah. We get, they, yeah, they don't, I don't know. They just don't like the way Pittsburgh plays or what. <laughs> they don't let anything fly with no matter who it is. You just you just sneeze on the receiver and they're going to call a penalty. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, I, didn't, I liked it. I mean, of course, the result was in our favor. But overall, I, I like that kind of refing. Let them play a little bit. When you call every little thing, yep. the game is just brutal, in my opinion, because you're looking for a flag on every play. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that was a great play. Nope, here's a flag. <laughs> yeah. So um, I hope they keep keep it up with this. If it's egregious, you got to call it. Like you know, but when it's just when it's just two guys fighting for the ball, I like how they they let them play a little bit this year. Yes, I like it too. Uh, that's something me and you both don't like, no matter what we're watching. But I mean, in some other games, it was a little on the Sunday slate. They were kind of calling some questionable calls as well. But it's still something they're gonna have to figure out and uh, regulate. Yeah, I mean, the refs—they're just like the players. They're getting used to things too. So, I mean, these first few weeks, the things are gonna be kind of kind of inconsistent. Yep. As long as they call penalties consistently, I guess you can live with it. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> let's go to uh, the Sunday, one of the Sunday games. Let's go to the Sunday night football game between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. And the Patriots almost pulled off a comeback on the last play. Uh, Mike Gesicki did a lateral to Cole Strange, and it almost got a first down on fourth down. Yeah, it was a crazy play, huh? Uh, how much time was left when that happened? There was like good, like 40 seconds. They had still had plenty of time, huh? Maybe like um, a little over a minute. Yeah. You can never count out the Patriots. They just seemed to always be right there at the end. There was another thing in that game where Bella, they blocked the field goal. Oh, that was a great play. Belichick had one of the uh, one of his players... Get like a running start, like going motion on a field goal block almost. I never saw that before. I've never seen it before, and he got the block. That was crazy because, yeah, it makes sense now that you think about it, how he gets a running start like that. Because you can't get a running start from behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But he was going parallel with it, which is different. You Mm -hmm. can do that. And, yeah, unbelievable play. There was also something, one of the commentators uh, I I read later that, the the holder there used to punt for for uh, New England Bailey, yes, and he had a tell. Um, he did something, and Belichick knew about it, and it, it helped him with the block. And yeah, it was just crazy. Um, yeah, awesome play. That was a great game. Uh, when I went to bed, I thought that game was going to be a blowout, but then I I woke up and saw how close it was. I was like, wow. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, and Belichick also had an all time challenge flag throw. Yeah, typical Belichick. All he's all upset because he he had to challenge a play that he didn't think he should have had to challenge because he thought they, they shouldn't have got the call wrong to begin with. But 
<laughs> Typical him, you know. It was a great, it was a great challenge flag, though. Great meme for all of us. Oh yeah, that was a good one. He always, he's always good for one of those. <laughs> yeah, very, very angry man sometimes. Uh, let's go to how about the uh, Seahawks and Lions game? Uh, we knew that was going to be a shootout, and it went to overtime, and then the Seahawks ended up taking it. Yeah, another great game. I, I, uh, I thought Detroit. I was a little surprised that they didn't pull that one out, you know, being at home. But give credit to Seattle. They bounced back from that bad loss to the Rams and, you know, pulled it out in the end. Mm-hmm. That was probably the, that was one of the better games of the weekend, I would say. Definitely. Uh, Tyler Locke had a big game, including the game winner in that game. Uh, just great. Rest, I mean, uh, excuse me, Geno Smith has a lot of weapons now that he can work with, and especially adding uh, Jack Smith and Jigba from the draft. You got DK, you got Tyler Lockett, you got you got Jackson, it, and you got you got a great load of guys. Yeah, he's he's pretty pretty well set there. Um, I wasn't sure if we we're gonna what what Geno we were gonna get. Is he gonna be the Geno from last year, or is he gonna regret go back the way he was for the first ten years of his career? Yeah. But looks like he's looks like he's gonna be pretty good. I think he's found his home with Seattle. Yeah, I for think sure. so too. I think he's gonna be pretty consistent. I don't know if he's gonna have as he had a really good year last year. Yeah, like Pro Bowl year. I don't know if we'll get that every year, but I think we're gonna get a pretty good version of Geno, where he's a good solid quarterback that they can win with. So yeah, great win for them. I was a little worried about them losing the Rams. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of showing me that the Ram. I guess the Rams are better than what we all thought. Yes, uh, they they definitely are, and they put up a fight against the Niners as well. Yeah, they played them really well. Yes, everybody else has been blown out by the Niners, and Rams kept that clo- game close. Yeah, they did. Um, let's get let's take a break from the games here, and let's focus in on the NFL. Uh, these early injuries. Is it time for the NFL to do something? I mean. Players are dropping like flies. You know, we see this every year, unfortunately. Big-name guys go out every year at the beginning of the year. Um, it's just the nature of the game, I think. Yeah. It doesn't seem what they try to do makes a difference. There's always going to be a few, couple of these big-name guys. This year you got Rodgers, and then Monday night you had Nick Chubb go down. Both gone for the year. J.K. Dobbins as well in week one. Yep, uh, for the Ravens. Every year, there's three or four notable guys that get hurt. Guys that everybody knows about, that has heard about. And it's just the way it is. They've changed the rules, I don't know how many times, to try to protect protect these players. You know, you can't hit them up high anymore. So now, because of the concussions, and that's, that's a great thing. So now players go low, because that's what they have to do. And now you're getting knee injuries, um, big time. That's probably the biggest one, the ACL. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, there's people saying that Fitzpatrick's hit was dirty on Chubb. That's what I'm getting into. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I mean, like, I hope Chubb gets well, speedy recovery. But if you're blaming this on Minka Fitzpatrick, stop watching football. No, I don't care if it turns on your TV. Stop watching football. It is so bad how they blame Minka Fitzpatrick for this. You, you go high on Nick Chubb, like a big guy like Nick Chubb? You are going to get put on a highlight reel. You're not going to tackle him. If you go low, then you have a chance of tackling him. Mink, and they're trying to say that he put his helmet into his knee and blah, 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 all this scenario 
bull crap. Chris Sims was on and saying that all that Fitzpatrick turned his back right into his knee and that was on, he didn't need to do that and all this. That play is bang, bang. He's trying to keep him from scoring. Um, That's what he's supposed to do. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yep. And then you got these guys that they just, Chris Sims and these guys, just, they're just trying to make, an, uh, you know, get on the highlight reel themselves with their, with their comments. You know, outri- Nick Chubb himself said it wasn't a dirty hit. Players on Cleveland said, not a dirty hit. Yep. Then you got these commentators saying it's a dirty hit. Make, I mean, come on. What's he supposed to do? Go up high, hit him in the head? Then you're going to say that's a dirty hit. So, <laughs> yeah, it's lose lose either way. You're paint, trying to paint Minka Fitzpatrick to be a villain for doing his job as a defensive player and making a tackle. I mean, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to just sit there? Yep, go right ahead in the end zone, right there. No, that's not what he's going to do. He's going to tackle him. It's football. Injuries happen. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. These that's why I was saying these injuries happen. You can't blame the players. You know, if a player goes missile like a missile and launches his head into the other player's head, that's a dirty play. But when he's going low, just trying to make a tackle, that's all he was trying to do. And if he didn't go low, he would have got dragged into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, come on. So it's crazy. These commentators and people that uh, I, th- I think they're not real fans of football that are making these comments. They haven't watched football closely or something. They don't understand. There's going to be injuries no matter what you do. The only way there won't be injuries is if it's flag football. If you think that's dirty, I want you to... I th- I'm just going to assume you weren't old enough to watch Ray Lewis or Lawrence Taylor or Ed Reed or Brian Dawkins or Troy Palmolo. The list goes on. Yeah, I mean... The, the NFL is so clean now compared to what it used to be. Or James Harrison as well. If you go back, to, like you say, just go back 10 years and watch the NFL and see how the hits were then. It's nothing like that now. So you're going to get some injury, some lower body injuries. You're going to get leg injuries. You're going to get knee injuries. That's just the way it is. Players, I mean, if you get a leg injury, yes, it's, it's horrible. You be, you're out for the season. Maybe it does affect you going forward. I mean arthritis in your knee or something like that as you get older? Yeah, obviously, yes. But it's way better than the alternative of having the concussions the way they used to play it, where everybody was hitting high. Yep. And then those guys have CTE and everything else. Their whole lives are ruined. They can't remember one day to the next. So this is the result you get. You're going to have lower leg injuries. And you're going to have to live with it. It's just the way it's going to be. Or else there's not going to be no football because – that's just, I don't see any way around it. Yeah, and uh, one more thing. I mean, like, they're trying to, even pro, like, and analysts and commentators are saying, are calling for a Minka Fitzpatrick suspension. What is he getting suspended for, tackling him? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That's just, like I said, those are just guys trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get themselves in the headlines, and... That's not going to happen because if they suspend him for that, they open up a big Pandora's box because they're going to be suspending everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's it's actually ridiculous. I there's nothing else to say. It's just ridiculous how people can think like that. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense. 
this is a former football player when I was talking about Chris Sims. I mean, he can't make comments like that. It's just stupid. Well, Dad, welcome to our first play of the week for plays of the week this week. Colorado versus Colorado State. And Shiloh Sanders intercepted, jumps the route, and you can kiss him goodbye. Showing off the shoelaces with the strut and a pick six for Colorado. What a big play. He's trying to be like his dad in that one. Absolutely. And his dad respected him after that one. Came over, gave him a big hug after that one. A huge moment for Shiloh Sanders, the Sanders family, and Colorado for that pick six. Looks like he wanted to do the high step like like Dion, but I think he might have got penalized for that. Or did he get penalized? (laughs) Either way, it's a big moment. Yeah, it was huge. Great play. All right, next up, we got Steelers and Browns Monday night. Alex Highsmith around. Swats the ball away. T.J. Watt scoops it up, and he's gone. The game winner for the Steelers. How about Deshaun Watson giving up two touchdowns to this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which was the difference maker. The Pittsburgh Steelers, T.J. Watt, scoop and score. And as you mentioned, Alex Highsmith was huge this game. What a play. He was all over the field. He had an interception touchdown himself. Now his buddy Watt picks up the, the, the trash on the field and takes it in. What a, what a play. Well, the Broncos needing a prayer, Dad. Down by eight. Russell Wilson lets it go. It's tipped once, twice, and it's caught in the end zone for a touchdown. What a play by the receiver, Johnson. The the, the defender tips it and goes right into the end zone. I I couldn't believe it when I saw this play. I'm like, that ball's short, no chance. (laughs) It ends up in the end zone. Crazy play. Brandon Johnson making the play. And ended up being a still a Denver loss because they could not get the two-point conversion, even though this was an awesome moment. What a play. I mean, those, those commanders guys are supposed to bat it down. They batted it up. And that is the mistake people make on Hail Marys, and Brandon Johnson gets the touchdown. They got lucky that, that didn't, they didn't get the two-pointer. All right, we got Missouri against Kansas State. 61-yarder for the win, and it is good. What a kick by Nevis. Unbelievable. Missouri comes back and beats Kansas State, the 15th-ranked Wildcats. Great win for Missouri. Unbelievable, Preston. Yes, Brooks Nevis had absolute boo on that field goal. And the 15th-ranked Kansas State goes down, and you can see the storming of the field trying to get their players off there. Yeah, what a great win for Missouri. They almost had a great win last year against Georgia. And they finally get one against a big-ranked team this year. What a play. Well, Dad, that is the end of this episode of the podcast. But, of course, we cannot go without doing our predictions. So, our predictions for the first, the Ohio State and Notre Dame game. I got Ohio State win a nail-biter with a game-winning field goal in the last minute. I got Ohio State winning as well. A little biased, but who cares? It's going to be a great game. <laughs> Um, next next one, we're going to do Oregon and Colorado. I got Oregon. Uh, close game at the beginning. Oregon winning by two touchdowns late. They don't uh, they don't cover, but they'll, uh, they're going to win it. Well, I've been, I've been watching Deion Sanders, and it seems like it's impossible to bet against him. I'm taking Colorado. I'm taking Shador Sanders. Even without Travis Hunter, I think Colorado can do it. That's a bold pick. You're going against everybody on that one. We'll see. I, I just feel like I can't bet against Prime. I, I hear you there. I, I, part of me is like, I don't know. This guy seems to win all the time, but 
He's going to lose sooner or later. I think it's today. We'll see. Uh, a real test for Colorado against Oregon. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching this episode of the podcast, PM Sport Talk. Thank you all for tuning in every week. It really means a lot. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Have a good weekend and week. See ya. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below and you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.